Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. community fans Woo. to a brand new episode of quality check podcast i'm one of your hosts daniel posey and joining me to the left in a brand new greendale letterman's jacket it's drew douglas mm. and you're dressed as the uh, greendale human being we have to start mixing it up because this is the season season two of which we're covering for community the tv show heads up we will be in spoiler territory just for season two I just want to apologize because I spoiled <laughs> stuff from season five and I heard about it from my fiance who has not seen it, but listened. I got her like really nervous about a few things. And it's kind of a two for spoiler where it's a back to back one, two punch of a pretty big plot line. And then apparently I spoiled something from season six. So I'm just Ooh. awful. You won't have to worry about that. I won't. It's season two only. This, that's it. That's it. I have to ask, so right now in the watch, I slowed down a lot from watching Community because in the very beginning, I blew through season one, blew through season two and three. And honestly, season two, I remembered a lot of the episodes because that's whenever I first started watching the TV show. But in your rewatch, were you able to get through season two pretty easily just with watching it? Yes, but I have, I'm... Five episodes into season three at the moment. And I can tell you right now, I'm not plowing through it. And there's also a lot of stuff that has started coming out recently, like Space Force. That's out on Netflix. And I am halfway through that. But Is it good? I like it. But it's not laugh out loud. And it's very different than, like, say, The Office. Because I have... Actually, I watched the first two episodes with my girlfriend. She did not like it at all. I honestly haven't heard a lot of good things. And there are a few coworkers that we have who they are, some are kind of mixed on it, like so-so. And then I know two who, who have said they've enjoyed it. Hmm. Once again, not, it's not like laugh out loud, but it's more cinematic in terms of the way that it's shot. And I would say that you can tell Netflix spent a lot of money on shooting these episodes. There are only 10 in the first season and I don't believe it's been renewed or picked up for a second season, although I can't really imagine why not. Have you seen it? seen any of the episodes for Space Force? I mean, I honestly don't think I ever will. I might. <laughs> I might because Greg Daniels, but I have no desire. Jesse, one of our listeners, I was talking to her this past She's week. She's a big fan of mine, by the way. She is. Huge fan of mine. And she She's would, almost to a weird level. She said she was so surprised that you did not want to see Space Force. It, it made her cry. A lot of times if I get hints that it's going to be political, I don't want to watch it. You know, it starts out where there are 
a, like kind of uh, it's taking jabs at both sides and it's leans heavier into taking jabs at the current administration. But I'm, su- I'm surprised by the amount of jokes that they end up throwing in both directions of the aisle. But enough of Space Force. Let's jump back into community. So you have some season two stats for us. Season one debuted way back on September 17th, 2009. Does that make you feel old? Yeah, it does, because I think back to getting into the show and realizing, wow, it's been 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago, when I first started watching this show. Makes me feel sad inside, makes me feel old. um, Joel McHale still looks great to this day. (laughs) Yes, he does. Uh, Anyway, NBC renewed the series on March 5th, 2010, as part of its Thursday comedy night done right. You might remember it had shows like 30 Rock, The Office, Parks and Rec, and then some random shows that did really bad and tanked, like the Paul Reiser show that infamously was canned after two episodes. Was that the name of the Paul Reiser show? The Paul Reiser show. Oh, and I I also want to point out- Two episodes. That's bad. I want to point out, which is crazy, Donald Glover took a risk on leaving 30 Rock as a writer, and he came to Community, and Tina Fey infamously said, you know what, I wouldn't recommend anyone to do that to make that transition, but I think you should do that. He did, I think he only ended up writing one or two episodes, but he um, he was like a script consultant, I believe, for mm. 30 Rock for a while. I've been going down the Donald Glover rabbit hole recently and looking at his history, ranging all the way back to his early days with Derek Comedy. Yeah, and then you see some of those guys in uh, season one, mm-hmm. maybe even season two, I'm sure. See ya, you season see him two. sporadically. Uh, anyway, season two debuted... That September of 2010 consists of 24 episodes, including a two-part finale, which I'm sure we are going to talk about. Here is the summary for season two. The study group returns for their second year at Greendale, which sees various relationships grow, change, and possibly come to an end. This is what Dan Harmon said about season two, and we're going to see if this is accurate. He said, quote, I think we're going to be able to go places this season that sitcoms aren't traditionally known to go but without shattering any timber of the fourth wall or without devolving into conceptual cutesiness. I want to keep the world real and the characters real while just striving to entertain on a level that only a drowning man might. (laughs) (laughs) Season two, I think, is a little bit different than season one in a lot of ways. Last podcast, we talked about season one, something that you and I both liked a lot. Do you think season two is better than season one? Actually, I do. Ooh. I don't think it's better. And and this is where I'm really anxious to have this conversation. Here is why. As I said, season two is when I got into the bulk of my community watching the first time I saw it. Now, technically, and I did not realize this until I started rewatching community, but the end of season one is when I first jumped in. And so most of season two I remember and I hold dear because of that reason. And there were a lot of antics that the group ended up getting themselves into that I could relate to being in college at that time as well. And they're having like hints of real life planted in those episodes. And so that's what makes me kind of hold that dear to heart. And I related to season two for the, the, the reason of watching it and, and 
plowing through most of it live at that time. And then also kind of the group relating to some of the things they do. I think season two, they really turn Pierce into this evil monster. And it feels like it comes out of completely nowhere other than we know that him and Dan Harmon were likely (laughs) wanting to kill each other behind the scenes at this point. And I kind of like that just because it adds to the watchability of this. It's weird, though, because we talked about rewatching season one and how much Chevy Chase stood out, how Mm -hmm. funny he is. And then to see him still be funny, but just awful in this season, it's weird. I also think whenever I first started watching Community, I had this idea of, I know who Chevy Chase is, but the internet and knowing facts about actors and writers and directors just in general about film and TV was wildly different in 2009 and 2010 to the degree that when we hear about Chevy Chase being such a jerk now and we see this, we're like, makes sense. But whenever whenever it was on air and you're like, man, he's so like villainous, as you said. And it's what happened? Why is he doing this all of a sudden? Yeah, so that's while watching it, during the bulk of during season two, I had this idea of I don't like Chevy Chase because he's so different. But you brought up a good point. Maybe they're Dan Harmon and the Russo brothers are like, we're just going to let the cameras roll and <laughs> and just see him in his natural habitat. I think it got to a point where they were poking the bear. And I wonder if they were trying to see if Chevy would quit by just making this character <laughs> so unlikable. Because he's not like this in season one. No, not at all. And he just gets to this peak of just so it's annoyance. And as you said, just a villain. But content wise, it does um, create a lot of really fun storylines. I want to point out one thing as well. And it's a cool little cameo. And at this time of season two, there's this cool open of everyone waking up for the start and we get to see them in their own beds before school. Did you catch this Spider-Man PJs that Troy is yeah, wearing? Donald Glover, baby. Yeah, so Donald Glover, this was at the height of the online petition to get Donald Glover to sign on as Spider-Man. And that was like his nod. And I wonder if Dan Harmon was like, oh, yeah, I'm good with that to once again try to entice fans a little bit. Uh by seeing this, but I know that we see more of this, but this is one of those clear decisions that it's like he had to have purposely made this to as a little wink wink to the fans. We were talking before recording these themed episodes that season two presents. In all, there are seven. You could say eight. Okay, eight total. Which is your favorite of those eight? Because we came up with um, basic rocket science, which is like Apollo 13. Mm-hmm. Epidemiology, which was the Halloween episode, a zombie episode. We have the Christmas episode, Claymation. Mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. Intermediate documentary filmmaking. Critical film studies, which was several things. Pulp Fiction, My Dinner with Andre. Paradigms of Human Memory, which was a take on uh, flashback episodes lookbacks, and then the paintball episodes. A fistful of paintballs. I'm going to intentionally pick one that's not in my top three and say uh, I really like epidemiology, which is the Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. I, I, I that That's a very good pick. And we will be talking more about that later because there are a few things I'd like to unpack from that episode. I had to pick one as well that's not from my top three, but it's right there at the cusp. 
and that is basic rocket science. It's a great episode, but I love a lot of the things they ended up doing very early on in the season. Yeah, that's what's funny is the, both these episodes are like within the first five or six. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, first six. And I believe basic rocket science, that's number two. But in addition to Apollo 13, we end up having the right stuff. And that's like them walking up. And there, there's so, so much that we end up seeing in this that I feel like it reveals more about the characters. And it sets up the characters to become more of who we know as Troy Barnes, as Annie and, and Pierce. And, and they're sprinkling in Pierce becoming the villain in this episode where it's foreshadowing him losing his mind and he's got to be locked up. But I also wonder if that's how Dan Harmon really wanted to treat Chevy Chase. <laughs> I want to know when all that started. Like, is he mm. trouble in season one? Yeah, I because it that. really, it really like exploded in season three. Basically, yes, that's when it went overboard. Mm-hmm. When well, it ultimately cost Dan Harmon his job. Now, the other thing though is, I wonder though, Chevy Chase has to have a lot of pull though at NBC. Because yes, does he? He must because of SNL. And then at that one time, he had the Chevy Chase show. And I believe at one time he was pegged to end up taking the late night show as a host. But the Chevy Chase show just bombed so bad. Man, I, maybe we should do a Chevy Chase show recap. I was going to say, we need to find out how to watch that. <laughs> I'm sure it's, how many, it was that one season? I think two. Wow. Yeah. But I, I don't know how many did, episodes. He had a late night show, I thought. Wasn't that the, was that the Chevy Chase show? Yeah, but I don't know what channel it was on. And maybe it was on NBC. I want to say that was a Fox show. I could be wrong. Yeah, that sounds right. That, sound, that sounds like a, an early Fox show. But yeah, I have to stick with basic rocket science. And I also love this KFC. It's basically a video game. I love the way that it plays out. And I also love the competition that they have in which they have to fight with the other school. And I love this back and forth that they're going with. And that that's cool because you end up having with high school rivalries, but what about community college rivalries? <laughs> it's so stupid. It is, but I but love it so it's so much. good. What's your least favorite? Because I think the Christmas episode is, I have a hard time sitting through that. And I think the payoff is actually really good with why Abed is doing what he's doing and why he's seeing what he's seeing. I just don't think it's very good. Now, I will give a tease ahead. There is a an animated episode in season three. Mm-hmm. Ranks so far in my top five of Ooh. all of Community. What? Yes. That's deep in season three, too. Yeah. Now, with this episode, what you're saying, the claymation, I agree. I think that's my least favorite of them. But I think it's okay but it's one of my least favorite of the entire season. Yeah, it's, it's not good. And my girlfriend, no joke, has watched every episode except that season, that episode. She watched, she, I think we got maybe two minutes and she said, I can't do this, and skipped it. That might be a generational thing, too, because my fiance, within five minutes, was like, this is stupid. Ooh. Can we skip it? And I was like, just watch it, because I know the payoff is good. Yeah. This show has a way of doing that, whether the, if the first... 18 minutes are either really good or really bad. They, it always sticks to landing and makes it grounded in some way. And I think that one specific, or especially does that. Now, let's go ahead and jump forward into the guest stars. You counted up 13 big names. There's a lot of people. We went from mm-hmm. maybe like 
three or four in season one Mm -hmm. to this. So that maybe shows you how popular this had become in a way or respected at least to get all these people. Because we have Betty White, LeVar Burton, Drew Carey, Andy Dick, Kevin Corrigan, Rob Corddry, Eliza Coop, Hilary Duff, Amber Lancaster, Patton Oswalt, Paul F. Tompkins, Matt Walsh. And then we cannot forget Malcolm Jamal Warner as Andre. It's it's funny because when he appeared on screen, my girlfriend ended up saying, uh, she said, oh, I can't believe Huxtable. And she knew who he was? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. good. Um, Lexi did not, and I had to explain it. And then I started thinking. He looks good, too. Yeah, and he, he does. And he still looks good 10 years later, whatever it is now. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, I, thought the, I thought the same thing. And it's weird because I remembered that but he comes in and out like he for the the way he's introduced he like pops him but then he's weaved in and out of season two in a very interesting way but i will say another side plot i did find the whole shirley thing that to be a little strained at times maybe you know why because it involves chang (laughs) who again they have no idea what they're Mm. doing with this character and they have to find a reason to keep ken on the show yeah yeah. It's a huge issue in season three, too. Well, I need to be zapped every time we mention a season yeah. other than what we're covering. I was going to say, I just got shocked. So going back to the guest stars, who would you rank? I have to say that this is once again very early on in season two. And I'm going with the episode where we get more of the Jeff backstory and we're introduced to Rob Cordry. Really? Yeah. Now here's He's great. Um, but the, that character is <laughs> freaking I, annoying. I don't like the character, but I love how he swings for the fences. The other thing is I almost put Drew Carey up there just to see him because he looks so different. But I had a lot of fun with Betty White. God, I don't like uh, here. The, my controversial thing. I don't like Betty White. Oh, at all. I think I said that. At, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> she's not going to be a professor. It's stupid. Yeah. And, you know, she's not going to stick around. And I just don't care about Betty White. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I, I have to go Rob just because it makes, especially Jeff when he's falling into that, it makes him more likable because you're like, he's changing and has changed. So that's my pick. What about you? He's only in it for like literally a minute and a half, but Patton Oswalt. He's good. As Nurse Jackie. He's good. I I liked him as well. He He was a nice little addition that was a splash of flavor. Let's move to the MVP of the entire cast, the main cast. This is going to sound like a cop-out move. But what I are you going to say, all of them? I was going to say it's the ensemble because this season two is whenever it becomes more of its own thing. And it's starting to take shape of the entire cast becoming the ensemble that we know. That's how it felt to me. Now, in season one, obviously, we've spent more than 24 episodes with these characters up to the introduction of season two. But I just feel like they're all firing on all cylinders. I do think that Chang is probably my least favorite of the group for my MVP of this. Oh man, I keep going back and forth. It's easy for me to say someone who I don't like, but I can't, man, I Jeez. <laughs> Just pick it. This is, this who, is who, so are you, who are you struggling with? 
I'm struggling with Troy saying yeah, Troy because sure. he he's amazing in season two. Yeah, he is, and this is where he starts to become. I'm just gonna say Troy because are you wanting to say Troy and Abin? Yeah, because they are in a lot of ways just a it's, unit. It's their bromance, but once again, I already did the comp out of saying the entire cast, so I can't do that. Two comp hats in a row. But then I also love Abed, so that's really difficult. So I'm going to say, I'm going to now. Nah, let me. I'll change it. And I'm locking this in Abed. I'm just Abed is my pick. I mean, Danny I, is incredible in this season. Now, and I will follow this up. He was my pick for season one as well because that's when we're introduced to the character of Abed Nadir. But I just love him so much. He's just such a great character. So I have to pick him again. I think Troy makes the best. Um, He's so good in this season compared to who he is in season one. Mm-hmm. I want to say Troy. I'm a big Britta fan. I think Britta's really funny in season two. Yeah, and I almost went with Britta too. I'm going to actually say Britta because I, that character is just the best. Yeah. I And they I feel like in season two, they kind of start figuring out what they want, how they want her to be. Like everything great. Gillian does is amazing. Even, My, in, even in season four. Yeah, it's not her fault. <laughs> um, you got zapped, by the way, because you mentioned a different Hope that hurt. Uh, I least favorite of the main core. I'm gonna have to say, I'm still not a huge Annie fan. Uh, this is tough for me too because it's they're so they're so close. But I may end up getting you to yell because I was leaning toward Jeff. Jeff's awesome, though. I Dude, know. Chang, I like him. This but, is the problem. Is Chang sucks, too. Well, Chang is in it, and like you said, they don't know what to do with him. And we're on this border of, like, is he part of the main group or not? I mean, he basically is one of the eight. Now, I don't think that—I think they know what to do. They know what they're doing with him. I just don't necessarily like it because it's yeah. so strange— what he ends up being in these later seasons compared to him in the very first episode that we meet him. Sure. None of it makes any sense. Now, what's weird, though, I like where they went with that in the Halloween episode just because of it's so different. But at the same time, it's sometimes so over the top that I'm like, eh, it it's like it toes that line for me, as I said earlier. Just it just it's so close. But. Because of that, my least favorite character. Ah, oh, it's 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 very difficult. If Chang is part of the this group this season, I'm gonna have to say Chang. I like I do like the Shirley Chang baby drama. Yes, because I think there's some actually interesting moments in that. It's just Chang is either normal or he is like straight jacket. And I the thing is like there are times that I really enjoy King Jong, but Ken is just. Um, with what he's given in season two, he really swings for the fences. And sometimes it's, just, it's a little too much. He's doing something. Oh, that he's I, doing his thing that you would just like his Chevy does his things where he falls over. Or he's <laughs> trying to put a hot dog into a bun and can't do it. And that's like his shtick. Ken does that the entire time. Yeah, what would you rather see, though? Chevy do his bits. Chevy. I like Chevy's Ken. comedy. Even when it's almost a little sad. Because we're <laughs> in, in season one, we're introduced to Pierce, and he's doing all these Chevy things. And it's kind of sad because he's still living off all of those things. <laughs> but it, I just have such fond memories of all his movies, and I, I loved him. I was obsessed with like all his old stuff growing up. Sure. And just thinking he was the coolest guy and not this huge old douchebag that he is now. <laughs> I, I I agree, 
because of the, the nostalgia factor. But at the same time, I do like a little bit of change just because he once again adds a little new dynamic to it. Now, let's talk about the best tag. A lot of good ones to choose from. There are several, and we are getting more Troy and Abed in the morning, which I have to go with. I jumped the gun. I you jumped the shark. You picked that last time, last... too. I did. Well, I ended up saying my pick was the Starburns, and that's from season two. And I said that for season one, but that's incorrect. Mine is Troy and Abed with Jeff Winger in season one. That was my pick. I'm going for season two, best tag, Troy and Abed with Starburns. <laughs> I'm not a huge Starburns fan. I just like what they end up doing with the, like, some of the side bits with him. But overall, eh. I like him better on the rewatch, though. When I first watched it, I'm like, I don't care about Starburns. What's your um, best tag, your favorite tag? Mine is from the season finale, and it's Abed talking to Jerry the janitor. I mm. love the idea that we could have a great time. And we don't think about the consequences of a janitor having to clean up the entire school. <laughs> and it's just like, maybe don't do this again. You ready for the big one? I'm ready. Top three episodes. And again, we're picking three episodes from every season. And then we're going to narrow all of those episodes into our top three of the entire series. The, the final three. I've got my list. I'm curious how it compares to yours. What's your uh, number three from season dose? Starting from the bottom, I had to go with a fistful of oh, paintballs. Wow. Not on my list. And what I don't think you and I had in season one had um, any crossover either. We didn't. You and I are let on me go back. pages. Yeah, let me go back. No, we do because we have Modern Warfare. Did we? Yes. Okay. And we both bumped that down to number two. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so Fistful of Paintballs, episode 23. It's part, part one, one. Or it could be part two of the part three paintball saga since modern warfare set it up in season one and we've got fistful of paintballs and then the conclusionary episode or the finale for season two that ends it i like a fistful of paintballs because we get a little bit of sawyer from lost we not get, a lot though i remember they really hyped that up and he's only in it for like two and a half minutes why? And I remember that. I remember the promos. I remember like seeing them. Like, and, and everyone was losing it. Like, oh, man, we're going to see was so much of him. heavily, heavily hyped. And I really thought he was going to bang somebody in the cast. <laughs> <laughs> Completely serious. I love what they did with this stylized Western and everyone had a role. And it was so different and unique. Um, I have a soft spot for Westerns, especially Spaghetti Westerns starring Clint Eastwood, who... God bless that man, just turned 90 years old the other day. Oh, my gosh. He's still going. But, um, yeah, so he, uh, I, I just, there, there are certain elements of the Paintballs episode that, once again, is near and dear to my heart because Modern Warfare from season one meant so much to me and so many other viewers. But A Fistful is just so much fun. And I... Honestly, move this up to my top three because I thought about this episode more as I went into community and kept watching. And as time has passed, I've thought more about this episode. I've been a little surprised, but that's my number three. I believe, who did that? Was it Joe Russo or Anthony? I think it was Joan. Because I'm going to be honest with you, all three of mine were directed by either Joe or Anthony Russo. Mo most of the episodes in season two are the two brothers and most from season one. 
season three is when they start to um, come on. Ugh. I got shocked again. I talked about another <laughs> season. You scared me. Ooh. I almost crapped my pants. <laughs> What's your number three? Mine is episode three. It's called The Psychology of Letting Go. Pierce's mom dies, and we have all this stuff mm-hmm. about his religion, and she's in this lava lamp, basically. <laughs> but it's, again, going back to what I described with the end tag, how they can take the show in such a crazy direction, and then they bring it back home. And when they listen to the CD of his mom, and she's just like, I've moved on. This is it. My, I'm dead. <laughs> it breaks my heart every time. And it's almost ruined by the fact that he throws it out. And it's just like, she's nuts. But I love, <laughs> it's it's just a really emotional episode for me. And I, I love that one. And then, and then it's with Jeff coming face to face with his own mortality, basically, and realizing no matter what you do and how much time and effort you put into being healthy, you will eventually start crumbling. And yeah. it's literally stuff I think about every single day. <laughs> Did I, I love that bit, though, where Chevy, and it's like such a Chevy bit, where he takes the CD and he's like, yeah, she's really losing it toward the end. And he tosses it out the window. I like it. I, I laughed a lot but with it, that. It also has, a, I think, a good message of just, I may not agree with what you believe, but that's your choice to believe what you want to believe. That's a good and point. And we all need to just respect one another, especially at a time right now where it's just like, show respect for every human being. Yeah. Please. Yeah. No, that's that's it's a very good point. And I love how the entire group and in and some degree, to some degree, they're all trying to get Pierce like, hey, you know, may, maybe you're off your rocker. But then like, as they discover in the car, like, you know what, this is if this is his belief, it is his belief. And as friends, we should just we should be there and we should support him. So great message. And I, I love that episode, too. That that was one of the episodes that almost cracked my top three. My number two is Accounting for Lawyers, episode two. Gee, another, not in my top three. You know why? It boils down to one scene that we got teased in season one. And it's where we are introduced to Annie. <laughs> I can't even I can't even make it through this without laughing. We have Annie, Troy, and Abed trying to break in and get some records to prove and help Jeff uh, in, in setting the record straight about how he was disbarred. I usually have one foot out of reality, and even I'm freaking out right now. You chloroformed the janitor? Stop yelling at me! You're the ones that got caught! You're the one who's yelling! We're in big trouble! We have to do something! No, I don't know what to do! My whole brain is crying! Guys! 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 Hey, I have an idea. Okay, it may sound a little weird, but trust me. What's happening? Oh, we all got chloroformed. Somebody chloroformed all of us. And now we're regaining consciousness together. I don't understand. Who is she? Why is she holding a rag? It's just that chloroform bit gets me, and I think about that so much that maybe I'm demented. Like, I've come to the conclusion, is this, like, such a dark skit, like, in terms of the the humor? But I love it so much, and I just During that, that's when we start to see more and more of Donald Glover breaking through of this 
jock that we get to know as Troy Barnes, and he becomes more of his own character. And I love him losing it and screaming that high-pitched shrill in this and him jumping up and down. And it's whenever Annie first chloroforms the guy. And it's just so funny because they're like trying to help out a friend and it goes so over the top and so wrong. But yet I just, man, I think of that. And it's weird because they're just like surrounded by sleazeballs and Jeff is becoming just like a bad guy and, and he's like sinking into his old ways. And that's where I almost put Jeff as my least favorite of the cast. But man, it just, this episode, once again, I bumped this up into the top three because I've thought about it mainly that scene and very few scenes have made me laugh harder than that. My number two is called Asian Population Studies. It is Annie trying to get rich into the group. The rich stuff I love. And the payoff with this episode where you think that Jeff is going to tell Annie that he has feelings for her and he's running through the rain and he goes to Rich's house is such a good payoff. Don't say anything until I've said what i got to say. I've known you for almost two years now, and I've never taken you as seriously as I should have. You are the strangest, coolest, most genuine person I've ever met. And the thing that scares me about you is how good you make me wish I was. Help me, Rich. Help me become like you. I mean... I am so amazing, but I'm not perfect. You are. Give me that power so I can abuse it. It's maybe not the deepest, it's maybe not the best, but I have uh, quite a fondness for when we rewatched it, we were laughing out loud a lot and it ended, I said, that that is a fun episode. Yeah. Rich is the best. Rich is good. I he li- cracks me up. I, I like how, and it goes back to season one where Jeff says, I'm going to expose you. And then by the end of it, he just welcomes Jeff in. And he's like, I will show you the way. My number one episode is episode six. So episode six is epidemiology. The one that almost made my, that's the one I kicked out for uh, psychology of letting go. The reason why even though you know zombie movies are past the prime at this point uh since walking dead is entering into its 11th season coming up but i even finished the last season because of covid not yet yeah goodness yeah that's that's still tba but the there's so much about this episode that i love and i love a good outbreak story we're I mean, living it right now, but it's just done in such a interesting way, so fun, so zany and outrageous, yet they keep it grounded somehow. And I love the costumes. I love how Troy is dressed up and we've got him as Ripley. And then he then is like, I'm going to become a sexy version that people will end up turning to because I'm going to pull a Jeff Winger and I'm going to go back to like my jock ways. And then he realizes I'm not that I'm this nerdy guy who's best friends with Abed. And that was something that really like hit home for me where he like came to this conclusion in that episode where he was fighting between those two fronts. 
Meanwhile, he's okay with it too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then there are certain moments where we get to see each of the characters kind of go their own way, which was great to see. And then we also have this setup where we return to every, every once in a while in which the characters are like, do you remember what happened? And it's so funny that they go back and say that because when I was watching this live, it went, it didn't come off as great, but it was a nice callback. And I love, it just takes like a few seconds for them to say that later on, but it makes you appreciate this episode so much more. I love all of the different nods that they have to pop culture in this episode. I can keep going on and on about it, but it is a lot of fun and I could see this episode possibly making its way into my final top three. I think my favorite bit in that, it's very small, but they eventually kick the AC on and people are coming back to their senses and Jeff, in his zombified state, is on his phone. And then you see him kind of get this moment of clarity and then he just continues texting. And, and, and then Troy says, man, even as a zombie, you're still cool. Still cool. <laughs> My number one, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, directed by Joe Russo. Yeah. It's episode 14. This is when Pierce is truly evil. He goes off the rocker. Uh, We are introduced to Neil, a.k.a. Fat Neil. I I don't know. Everything about this episode, I think, is almost perfection. It's good. It's it's good. And the other thing that I love, the use of graphics. Like, they, it seemed to, like, blow the budget on this episode. But... In all the right ways. And I've never played Dungeon and Dragons, but I can appreciate this episode through and through. Are there any episodes that didn't make your list? I know you said Epidemiology almost. I'm guessing that sits at number four for you right now. That or uh, I think it was Critical Film Studies, which was the mm. My Dinner with Andre thing. I like the Abed stuff, uh, mainly his interaction with Jeff. Going back to the paintball episode real quick, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. Well, it's divided into two distinct parts, mm-hmm. you know, as we said, the spaghetti and then the Star Wars riff. Which ep- which part do you like better? Since and I it, guess you could even in- in count part one, which was season one, yeah, if you wanted to include that. It, it feels very back to the future to me with the part one, two, and three because of there being the three paintball episodes. Now, I prefer Modern Warfare over Fistful of Paintballs. But I prefer Fistful of Paintballs over the third one, mainly because Star Wars, in my opinion, it was okay. I like the whole like Rebel Alliance and they, all of that. They don't lean into it as much as I wanted. And that's the other thing. It was okay. But I do like the whole Pierce thing coming in at the end where his selfishness ended up helping them out, which was kind of funny. But there are elements of that in which I can appreciate, but it is the... Of those three paintball episodes, my least favorite, and that's why I have to say A Fistful of Paintballs for Season 2 is my favorite paintball app. Yeah, I think they go, my favorite would go in order. I like the the opening of Modern Warfare, where you just, yeah. Jeff waking up in his car and he has no idea what's going on. Man, I love that. That's a good episode. I might go home and rewatch that episode. Do you want to do some random uh, interesting notes that I took? Love it. Feel free to chime in. Pop, pop. Because this season has a lot of firsts. The introduction of six scenes in a movie, I believe, first starts uh, in reference to The Cape, which was a hero show that was quickly canceled by NBC. Mm-hmm. We get Blanket Fort, which returns in season three bigger. Don't zap me because mm. that was just a 
Just reference. Troy mentions no-no juice for the first time, which is a <laughs> slang term for wine. I like saying no-no juice. The uh, Cougar Town gag starts for the first time. That is carried yes. over numerous times. Yes. Uh, we meet several reoccurring characters, including Magnitude, mm. which introduces Pop Pop for the first time. Pop Pop. We meet Vicky for the first time. Mm. We meet Neil, a.k.a. Fat Neil. One interesting note that I found... The Dean is only in 10 of the 24 episodes. That does not that seem That doesn't right. seem right, right? Yeah. Because maybe it's just his presence takes hold so much stronger in season two. Because he makes his way into the main credits on season three. But for season two, he just becomes more of this force of nature, so to speak. Where you're looking forward to his announcements and him touching Jeff on the shoulder. I feel like he's in more than 10, but maybe not. Because I, I do remember yeah. watching this with my fiance and thinking he's not as funny as I remember, but he's just not in it a lot. Yeah. So according to IMDb, Jim Rash, who plays a dean, is in 16 episodes. Now, I don't know if it's his voice or not. 10 doesn't seem right. Yeah, it doesn't. We'll just have to rewatch season two, I guess. I'm down for rewatching season two. Would you be? Yeah, I would definitely skip, though. There's, there's episodes I would skip. What is your least favorite episode? Is it the Christmas one? Maybe. I don't like the one where Jesus, or Jesus, oh. where Abed is, is uh, oh, like the Jesus figure. Yeah, I just think that the, episode, the again, Messiah. that has a decent conclusion, though. Yeah, you're right. I, you know, maybe, eh, it's tough to pick. Because what? it was okay, that the Messiah episode, but I like it's got a it's got a good payoff. Yeah, I still like kind of the claymation. I still like that, but maybe I'll put that at the bottom. You know, one that didn't hold up as well was the uh the one where they have all the flashbacks of stuff we never saw but that they experienced. Mm. I always thought that was like the best episode, and then rewatching, I was like, yeah, it's not as good as I remember. Well, I will say while watching that, and especially for the first time. Because I went back and rewatched it, and maybe it was just the immediacy of it, but rewatching it for the first time, I'm like, oh, that was cool. My girlfriend loved it. But then whenever we, I watched it by myself, I'm like, yeah, it was, it, I mean, it was fine. Um, I liked it, but I liked the pace of it. I think that's what really adds to it. So when you're watching it and you're binging it, that does help kind of break the monotony. But they the do idea it. of it is really funny. And yeah. I want to say, no joke. In high school, I came up with an idea. It'd be funny if they did that as a TV show. In, like in a season randomly, and it was just stuff we never saw, but it was played off like that. That's I good. feel like they owe me. That's good. Does that ever piss you off when you come up with something and you see it on a, in a movie or something later on? No joke. The plot of About Time, I sat down and started writing a story that's basically that same movie. And I started writing it a year before it came out. And I had... Basically, this uh, I was turning into a long form uh, novel, and it started as a short story. I just kept expanding, expanding, and then I saw the trailer for about time. I'm like, "You got to be freaking kidding me!" <laughs> Did you finish it? It's still shelved, but I just kept it as a long short story. So it's about fifty pages, and it's about a man who he accidentally discovers time, that he can time travel. And his father tells him that he can, but the only way that he can is if there's something really bad that will happen if he chooses to time travel. 
So I don't want to spoil anything about the movie about time. But Man, that movie absolutely wrecks me every time. Oh, it's so good. I think it I think it really hits hard if it's for fathers and sons, I think. I don't know. I would assume that women would still feel something from it, but I think as a son, um, and thinking about my own father, it really just it kills me every time. Like yeah. thinking about it makes me want to cry. Yeah. It's so good. It it's amazing. And that's actually because I'm very close with my parents and and with my father, I was thinking this was at my first time like living across the country from my parents. And so is that actually kind of inspired me to write something about it. And it's a relationship between um, a father and son. And once again, I don't want to reveal anything about my story because it reveals something about about time. Literally, there's like there's so much that had it in connection. I thought that it was like taken like somehow. He might be. What, Richard Curtis might be watching you. Oh, I mean, if that's the case, then where are some of these other ideas, especially from Quality Check Podcast? We've had a lot of ideas. I hope it makes its way into the next season of Twilight Zone, which we will be covering. Get ready. You first have to go into quarantine, just Oof. like epidemiology. Which isn't a lie, but we will do season three of Community before then. And we got to take a break because I actually have to self-quarantine. Um, because of your wedding. Because of my freaking wedding. Are I think you- I'm not calling the wedding off. Bleak. <laughs> for the, so we can do T Zone and just cover it. So the the ep, this episode will be released before your wedding. And are you going to ask Lexi, your fiance, to hold off on listening to it until after the wedding, just because of this reveal that you're thinking about calling it off? <laughs> How are you feeling, by the way, about your your wedding coming up here? I'm um, I'm nervous. A good nervous. It's a excitement, but it is a big step in one's life, and uh, I can't wait to do it. And I'm glad that we are doing it in front of a small amount of people because I was going to crap my pants up there. Oh, but it's just immediate family, and everything else is the same. We don't get to go to Hawaii. We gotta we gotta postpone that, which but really you, blows. You're still planning on it, just postponed for now. You, we, yeah, it's still planned. I don't know when because of all the madness going on in the world. Well, at least that means that you will for sure have your bond bod ready to oh, go. Oh, it's ready to go right now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say 2021 probably. I think spring yeah. ideally. Uh, but, you know, right now, literally one week, we would be flying to Hawaii for seven days. How great would that be if you could go during this winter? Go to Hawaii during the winter. I'm thinking how amazing that is, but then I get nervous because uh, if it's winter at the airport, I get I get more nervous to fly. Uh, that freaks me out. Yeah. So that's that's my hesitation with wanting to do it in like February or mm. January. But it would be awesome to escape the cold. Go? Would you do like a Christmas with the cranks where you try to get out of town, but the family keeps yeah. wanting you to stay? During actual Christmas, Christmas, time? yeah. No, I like I like cold Christmas. Cold, cold don't, Christmas. Don't take and, me somewhere warm. And and uh, I don't want a home alone situation where oh. they go off to uh, what is it, Paris, Paris? Yeah, and they they end up leaving poor Kevin behind. But don't they mention palm trees? What's the first yeah, because, one? Uh, now what is it? So no, first one's Paris. First Second one, one is uh, I thought it was Florida. Yeah, I think it's Florida. Yeah, because they split up and it's domestic, and then poor Kevin, he ends up in cold New York. He gets the butt end of the deal because he is going from cold Chicago to cold New York. Yeah, but it's New York. It's still New and York. And he stays in that nice hotel. What 
Yeah. With those maniacs. We've got Rob Schneider and Tim Curry. Who would you rather be stuck in a hotel with, Tim Curry or Rob Schneider? Like the real life versions? No, from the movie. Oh, from the movie? Mm -hmm. um, Schneider, for sure. I, Tim Curry's creepy. Like he, he, I could see him somebody. I wonder if he in the movie with Home Alone, because they set it up like he is like this real creepo. Like he, if he pulled like a hostile situation, would rent out some of those. And he would like give people money for you to go in and like people oh. living in those rooms. And that's the inspiration. Hostel is inspired by John Hughes. Thanks a lot, John Hughes. You're gonna, I'm going to sit down in a chair, try to stand up, and realize my Achilles have been cut. Hey, by the way, uh, <laughs> by the time you listen to us, uh, to this, it's already on VOD. It's called Becky. I'm going to mm. watch it tonight. But Joel McHale's in it, and it's like um, a 13-year-old that has to go full home alone on Kevin James, who's like this Nazi <sighs> and wants something from her, like for whatever reason. Joel McHale, though. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Which is her father. and Which is her dad, yeah. I'm I'm really interested to hear from you. You have to let me know as soon as you watch it, because I won't be able to get to it tonight. But by the time we talk about season three, we will be talking about what you thought about Becky. That'll be a nice, like, intro. But until then, film fans and community fans, thanks for joining us. Until next time, keep watching. Keep watching.